Hi, and welcome to Harvest Bible Chapel, Kuala Lumpur Online. We hope that the following message will be a blessing to you as you seek to walk with the Lord in spirit and in truth. For more information about our church, please visit www.harvestkl.org or click the link in the description below. Um, it is a great joy for me to be back here with you today, and it was a great joy to be with you uh, previously as well. And I love Malaysia. I love being back here. Um, as soon as I walked into the airport, out of the airport, I went, ah, this is the weather I like. <laughs> it was just a great reminder of being here. Uh, today, what I want to do is take you to Matthew chapter 11, and particularly the last verses in Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to be thinking about uh, the idea of rest for your soul. Um, in Matthew chapter 11, uh, what we find is Jesus has, in the previous chapter, sent his uh, 12 handpicked disciples, apostles, um, out on separate missionary journeys in pairs. Uh, he's continued on his journey through Galilee, teaching and preaching various people. Uh, we learn in the early part of the chapter that John the Baptist is in jail, um, and he actually sends his disciples out to ask Jesus questions about what Jesus is doing and what is expecting Jesus to do. In fact, I think he's probably saying, Jesus, I was expecting you to bring your kingdom in and uh, your judgment to come upon various people. And what's the story? Uh, in the midst of all of that, uh, Jesus goes on to talk uh, to, to those around him and says these words. Um, Thomas Cramner, who's a, a great reformer uh, from England, um, said these are comfortable words. He actually uses them in the Lord's Supper liturgy for Anglican churches on Anglican background. Um, and he uses these words as the comfortable words. I think it's a beautiful way of describing uh, what is actually going on here. But hear these comfortable words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burdens is light. Really intriguing little statement at the end of all that's going on in this particular chapter. And I want to think about uh, three things here today. Um, rest, why we need it, what it is and how to get it. Very simply, why we need it, what it is and how to get it. Well, why do we need rest for the soul? Well, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Uh, the really interesting thing that's taking place here is that word all can apply not only just to Christians, but actually everybody. Come to me all, everybody who's weary and burdened. And there's kind of an assumption here as well. And that assumption is that everybody is weary and burdened. Everybody. The person sitting next to you, your family, the people around you, your boss, those who you serve, those who you walk beside, everybody is weary and burdened. And of course, there are many reasons for that, uh, not least of which in the last couple of years, we've all faced COVID together in our various ways. And each of our governments and each of our situations meant that we've had to face it in particular ways. But actually, across the world, we've shared that burden together. And as I talk with many ministers around uh, Asia Pacific, 
many are weary and burdened. Uh, it has been a very difficult time, and no doubt you as a church feel that yourself. It's hard to come back from that sense of being weary and burdened in the midst of COVID. Of course, there are many other reasons that we can feel weary and burdened in terms of life. Uh, there are our families, there are our relationships with other people, there are um, situations at work, uh, there may be financial concerns. Uh, there are all kinds of different things around us which add to our weariness and burdenness in life. Now, I don't want to overwhelm you with that this morning, but I think we should just acknowledge the fact that actually as we speak to one another and have conversations with one another, sometimes people's reactions are a result of them being weary and burdened. What's one reason we're weary and burdened? Our world is weary and burdened. It walks that way. But I don't think that's the only thing we can say about what it means to be weary and burdened. We need rest for our souls because there's actually another angle in this passage, and that is we are weary and burdened because we seek for rest in the wrong places. We compound our problem by seeking for rest in the wrong places. And you see this um, earlier in the chapter, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 20, we read these words. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazan. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Now you might, might say, first of all, how, how does that prove the point? Um, well, this particular action of these people is a rejection of God's rest because miracles are an act of rest. They remove burdens. They provide relief to the weary. Ultimately, the miracles that Jesus is speaking about point to the resurrection, which will give people eternal rest. And so right here in this passage, these people are saying, we are going to reject God's offer of rest. We're going to say no to God's offer of rest. And that no to that offer of rest is actually prevalent amongst all of us in different ways. Uh, J James Smith, in his book on, on the road to, with St. Augustine, says this, often this comes about in terms of our restlessness. We try to enjoy things around ourselves as an end in themselves. The heart of hunger the heart's hunger is infinite, which is why we will ultimately be disappointed by with anything merely finite. The people there have rejected God's offer of rest in miracles. They're seeking rest elsewhere. And so that's what we're all doing. We're seeking rest in other places. And sometimes we experience this in terms of uh, what the ways that we uh, live with other people. Perhaps you have expectations in your head that come from your parents. Even as an adult, I still have those expectations in my head. Um, and they can become a burden. Because I think if I meet those expectations, I will find rest. I will be less restless. It'll be okay. Or perhaps you find it in education. If only I have this degree or that piece of paper then I can rest, I can stop. 
my restlessness will disappear. Perhaps if I have enough money um, and more money and just a little bit more money, then my heart will stop being restless. And the reason we do that, as we've been saying, is that we reject God's offer of rest and choose to find our rest in other things. And so that's why we're weary. We continue to find rest in the things that will try to find rest in the things that will not give us rest. And that's a problem. Um, interestingly, this passage is set uh, in chapter 11, but then it continues on to chapter 12, which is not surprising. Um, and in chapter 12, we see another way in which people might seek rest in unhelpful ways. If you, if you like, the first way is kind of a rejection of God. The other way is kind of a religious way of seeking rest. And you see it here in chapter 12, beginning verses. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some bread heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. I think the Pharisees here are trying to say, actually, you won't get approval of God unless you do certain things on the Sabbath or you don't do certain things on the Sabbath unless you meet somehow God's approval in what you're doing. You will only be able to rest with God if you're religious enough. If you do all the right things before God, you will be restful. Do you ever have that tension in your own heart? I do. I feel like, oh, if I miss a quiet time this morning, then maybe God won't give me rest. I want to encourage you to have your quiet times and read your Bible and pray. I'm not saying don't do that. But do you ever get that sense of where we put expectations upon ourselves about how we should live as Christians that then turn around and kind of trap us and enslave us? And our hearts are not restful. We end up being people who are kind of restless, still seeking rest and, and having a go at ourselves. That's the way Australians would put that anyway. Now, just putting ourselves down and disciplining ourselves even harder because if we do that, if we're religious enough, we will find God's rest. Doesn't seem to be the way. It doesn't give us rest. In fact, Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 23, the teachers of the law tie heavy burdens and put them on your shoulders, but they cannot practice what they preach. In fact, that kind of rest that you're seeking there actually burdens you more, not less. Makes you more weary, not restful. So basically, another reason that we are weary is not only because of the world we live in and the circumstances we find ourselves in, but it's because we also seek for rest in the wrong places. There's kind of an irreligious form of that, a rejection of God, and there's a religious form of that, trying to appease God in some kind of way. And we think, oh, once I've got that, I will find rest. Okay, we need rest for our souls. We're seeking it in the wrong places and we're weary and burdened. Well, what is this rest that we're talking about? We've spoken about why we need it 
But what is this kind of rest? Well, the answer may surprise you. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Well, first of all, it's a, it's a wonderful gift. That's kind of nice that Jesus will give us the gift of rest. It's not earned. It's something that he's going to generously give us. And it's found in Jesus. In fact, Augustine writes in his confessions, you have made us for yourself, O Lord. Our hearts are restless until they find our rest in you. And so automatically we understand that actually it's given to us. Our rest is found in Christ. But as the verses go on, we, we actually hear a description of what that rest looks like, how it works. And see, as we read on, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Notice that? Take my yoke upon you, I'm gentle and humble in heart, you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice what kind of rest it is. It's about taking on his yoke. Now, a yoke, as you will understand, was something that was put on a beast of burden. I uh, put it on a, a mule or a cow, or sorry, a bull. I think it's bull rather than a cow. Cow doesn't make much sense, does it? A bull. Um, and you lifted or dragged something and you dragged it together. You walked beside each other in that process. And Jesus is saying, well, take that my yoke upon you. Believe in me, yoke yourself to me. Now, in many ways, what Jesus is saying here is, I want you to let me take the lead in your life. I want you to recognise that I am the complete master of your life. I want you to live your entire life yoked to me. I want to actually dominate your life. And as you let me do that, you will find rest. Perhaps you imagined, like I have, that rest would be kind of freedom from any kind of burden, with, from any kind of yoke. I have a friend who's uh, writing a book or just about to release a book called How to Find Yourself. Uh, Brian Rosner is a, um, the principal of Ridley College in Melbourne. And he said, at the moment, we're absolutely obsessed in our cultures with creating our own stories. Have you noticed? I was just in South Korea this last week and I couldn't believe how many people were sitting in restaurants taking selfies. You know, couples, I was, living, I was staying in a hotel somewhere near where there were lots of younger couples and they were sitting there taking photos and, and taking them again and editing them and taking them again because what they're doing is actually creating a story online that says, this is who I am and this is how it works. Now, you might say, oh, well, I'm not, kind of, kind of, I'm not that kind of person. I don't go on social media. I don't kind of create my, curate my own story in that sense. Maybe you are, perhaps you're not. But the truth is, actually, we're tempted by that, aren't we? We're tempted in our heads to create our own stories, to say, this is where I've come from, this is where I'm going, this is where I plan to be, and this is what it's going to look like. And you notice what happens in that process. Your eyes are on you. And once again, if you just take a moment to look, the weariness comes. 
It's exhausting curating your own story. It's extremely tiring getting it right every time. Having people think right things about you or you thinking right things about you. It's just, it's, it's a trap. And Jesus is saying, actually, I'm going to offer you something so radically different. It's about not you creating your life or curating your life. It's about me curating your life. It's a crazy option. Have you thought of it? How about taking it on? And I think what he's also saying is he's not saying you will not feel burdens. Do you notice that? There's no promise here that you won't have to face the difficulties of life, that you will avoid them, that somehow you'll magically disappear away from all the problems around you. Now, in fact, what I want to suggest to you is that yoking yourself to Christ means that you wear a rightly weighted burden. He will only give you a yoke to walk beside him that's rightly weighted. Now, I want to be careful about that because I don't want to, I want to be careful about all the kind of situations we find ourselves in. But I want to say as a general principle, the idea that Christ gives us rightly weighted burdens is where we find rest, where we can stop and we can rest in him. And, of course, the truth is if we, decide, we don't decide to yoke ourselves to Christ, as we've already noticed, we actually yoke ourselves to something else. We try and find our rest somewhere else. So you've got an option. Find your rest in these other things or find your rest in the rightly weighted burdens that Jesus gives us. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and the promise is, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Listen to the beautiful words that come after this. This is why these are comfortable words. For I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The burden's still there, but it's rightly weighted. It's an amazing promise, really, to learn to walk beside Jesus, be yoked to him, to make the focus of that. Okay, well, that's why we need it and what a rightly weighted burden looks like, what rest looks like. I guess we could say more in detail about what that rest looks like. Go to the J-Curve conference. Massimo didn't pay me. Just go to the conference. That'll give you tools and ways of thinking about that. That will be super helpful. But how do we get that kind of rest? Like that seems a tall order to me. I'm not very good at getting that kind of rest, trusting in Jesus in that way. Well, interestingly enough, just before Jesus says these words, in verse 25, he says this. At the same time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. 
Now, I want you to notice that Jesus is calling the father, father. So he's placing himself actually in the role of a child. We'll come back to that in a moment. But notice what he's saying about rest. He's saying, come to him as a child. These things have been revealed to children. Uh, Matthew 19 will go on to say, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is saying the way to get rest, the rightly weighted burden to be yoked to him, is to come to him as a child. Now, the thing about children is that they're helpless and they're messy. And they need lots of help. I, uh, Massimo mentioned, uh, we've just had some grandchildren. Uh, we've had a second grandchild, actually. Uh, little Millicent. In Australia, we shorten everything in terms of names. So her name is Millie. And um, just six, a week, six weeks ago, she was born. And I got to hold little Millicent. And I... You've, most of you will have held babies before. <laughs> but there's something just absolutely beautiful about holding your grandchild, little Millicent. And when I look at Millicent, I can only think of a deep care for her, a deep love for her that will grow, I know, over the years. I've started praying for her already because I really care about the way she grows and develops. In fact, she's so, such a child, she can't really ask for much other than cry and say, I need to be fed. I need my nappy changed. I need to go to sleep. And as a grandfather, as her parents, we respond, how? To meet her needs, to address her actual needs. That's what Jesus is saying. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me as a child. I know that you're helpless. I know that you don't have all the answers. Let me treat you as a, a child. Now, of course, the thing about a child is also as they grow up, they have absolute dependence, or most of the time anyway, on their parents. Sometimes they stray. They trust what their parents are doing. They're confident in what their parents are doing. They're confident that their parents will lead in the right way. And you notice that Jesus has said uh, in, this in this context that he is the son of God. You read those words there where he talks about, uh, all things have been committed to me by the father. No one knows the son except the father. No one knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal himself. Jesus, at this point, before he goes on to talk about carrying burdens, says, by the way, you can trust me. I'm God here on earth. I get it. Come to me as a child. You can have confidence in me because of who I am. Now, I want to come back to this idea that Jesus is speaking of himself as a child, as a father, as someone who trusts the father who rests in the Father. And you can, can you think of where Jesus ultimately takes his rest? I just think of that moment on the cross where Jesus says, Father, 
into your hands, notice the word Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. At the ultimate moment, at where everything is lost, his trust is placed in the Father. He rests in the Father. He trusts the Father because he knows the Father loves him. And the truth is, Jesus knows that we need that same rest. And because we're not be able to, own, to bear our own burdens in so many different ways, because in many ways we're not actually able to come as little children, we're too proud. He goes to the cross and on the cross he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. so that things could be rightly ordered, so that we could have rightly weighted burdens, so that you and I can find rest in him, rest in a God who cares for us so much that he would send, send his own son to die in our place. And so this morning, as we conclude, let me encourage you to find rest for your weary soul, for our weary souls, in the one who truly does provide rest, who gives us rightly weighted burdens and walk beside him.